Welcome to Reputation Town. Welcome to another episode of the Reputation Town podcast. My name is Warren Weeks, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague, John Paranak. John, how's it going? Hello, Warren. Good. How's your summer been? It's almost winding down. It's been crazy busy, and that's crazy, crazy to think it's almost over. Everyone I talk to in our business is super busy. Do you think it was an after, like, did you think there was like a, like a compression of work during the pandemic that's kind of like unloading now? It just, it seems everyone's bananas. I think you're right. And who knows? I think things are, are more just volatile. <laughs> no matter where you look, there's, there's stuff happening. So we haven't done a show in a couple of weeks, uh, just schedules and vacations and everything else. Um, we were going to talk about the hockey Canada stuff, but that seems so kind of in the rear view mirror now. And all oh, these, yeah. these stories keep, so we'll have to do a hockey episode I, at some I, point. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's more shoes to drop on that. And, and it's a great case study for, what not to do in a lot of respects. It's so funny. And we're going to talk about some of this today, but these large, well-funded organizations that have the ability to hire the best help and the best advice, billion dollar publicly traded companies, and they make such boneheaded decisions. It's, it's uh, and there is a Monday morning quarterback element to this, but like, you know, we kind of work with this stuff day in, day out. It's just, it's mind boggling that they, the, I don't know, the information is, is free. It's out there. It's just, Human nature gets in the way. Okay, so we have three stories we want to touch on today. Um, and we're going to, obviously, we've had some notes from people asking us to talk about the Lisa Laflamme situation with CTV. So that's going to be the, the big finale of the show. We'll kind of wrap up with that. Um, a couple of CEOs getting themselves into um, hot water and other kind of embarrassing situations. The first one is this guy named Dan Price. Now, this is a fairly recent story, just kind of broke this week. You may remember him. If the name doesn't ring a bell, this is the CEO. And if you see his Twitter bio, his picture, LinkedIn or whatever, this kind of long haired, brown haired guy, big toothy smile, like good looking dude. And in 2015, he made the decision to raise the base salary at his company, Gravity Payments, to $70,000 US, which was you know, very highly publicized, great move. Like who can criticize this? And in some cases, those employees had their, their salaries doubled. And so um, I had to look up what year that took place. And I was surprised that it was seven years ago because this guy has been tweeting about this every single week for seven years. And um, it's just interesting that he kept getting this media coverage. And so anyway, um, he put a post out on uh, Twitter the other day and I'll give it a quick read if that's okay. Uh, dear mm-hmm. colleagues, Today, I resigned as CEO of Gravity Payments, the company I founded 18 years ago. Tammy Kroll, our longtime uh, chief operating officer, has been named the company's new CEO. My number one priority is for our employees to work for the best company in the world, but my presence has become a distraction here. I also need to step aside from these duties to focus full-time on fighting false accusations made against me. I'm not going anywhere, Dan Price. And that was tweeted at 8.14 p.m. on August 17th. And, um, you know, you can go and look it up, a lot of comments and whatnot behind it. The gist of the story is that um, there was, he was approached by the New York Times, which is doing an investigation. And there's a lot of allegations, allegedly, from um, from women who are saying that he has mistreated them, assaulted them. There's some really nasty stuff in there, including allegations from uh, abuse about, from his ex-wife. So this story is 
still unfolding lots of shoes to drop here but um i just and i and you know to i would like to get your comments or, or reaction to it because i just literally texted this to you today so you might have not had a long time to think about it but when you hear the story and how this guy's been dining out on this kind of virtuous and you know attacking billionaires over the past couple of years what are your thoughts when when someone like that finds himself in trouble like this well it's it's um i guess the first thing is it's a cautionary tale of how much you dine out on on good deeds like i think maybe i'm coming from a personal perspective of taking a more modest approach when it comes to you know trumpeting when you do good things and Certainly when he, he, I think, I think he actually also cut his salary from a million dollars a year to 70,000. Of course he was an equity holder in the company. So yeah, it's sure. not like he's starving. Yeah. Um, but, um, but he certainly, I think, uh, put way too much into trying to, trying to build his own persona on this, on this one act. And, um, and, you know, I can't speak to his, um, his, you know, his, the way these things he's alleged to have done, but from a company standpoint, and I'm a, if I'm an investor in that company, like this is the only path forward is to remove somebody like this, despite no matter what he might've gotten in terms of positive attention in the past, um, taking quick action to remove them from the equation is, is, um, is really needed. Otherwise the cloud hangs over the whole company. And then, you know, the, the whole, enterprise becomes at risk. Yeah. There's um, so I'm quoting and with stories like this, you always need to be really careful about what you say. So I, I want to stick to kind of printed stories here. And so um, and when I say printed, I mean digital, obviously. So there's a Yahoo news story from the other day where uh, near the end of the story, it says his ex-wife, Christy Colon, also indirectly accused him of beating and waterboarding her during a 2015 TED talk. Like, I don't think he did it during the TED talk, but she talked about it. It's just an awkward sentence. She didn't name Mr. Price during that speech, uh, but Mr. Price told Bloomberg, which originally reported the claims that the events she she described never happened. So that's, that's really disturbing on its own. Like waterboarding is something like, not to laugh, but like, this is what you do to suspected terrorists. And like everyone I mentioned that word to, they're like, what, what? Waterboarding. And uh, the, one of the stories I, I looked at said there were maybe upwards of a dozen women who have um, made claims and allegations like this. So you never know. It's he said, she said, but there seems to be a lot of smoke here. And it, it seems to be one of those things where uh, you people love to build you up and then they love to tear you down. And, and yeah, I think the more modest Canadian approach, like this might've been a one or a two day news story for a Canadian company. And then you go on and try to do something else. Maybe. I think that's exactly it. And, you know, when, when people are dealing with uh, building reputations or trying to repair reputation after a crisis, we always say what matters first is what actions are you taking? And then, and then talking about them. And if you're just taking one action and, and then repeatedly talking about it, it loses its efficacy and it becomes pretty, pretty transparent that, you know, you're not really that committed to, to the thing you claim you're being committed to. Um, so I agree with you. You have to, you know, yeah, maybe we take a victory lap about, about it, but then you move on to, to the next thing. Do you think we're good on that one? Do you want to move along or do you have anything else to say on the, uh, the Dan price thing? No, let's move on to the next one. I think it's okay. a good one. Cause I yeah, don't know a lot about it, but seeing these stories just kind of pop up in your radar and you're like, eh, awkward. The next one. Yeah. We're going to lighten things up a little bit. It's the, the crying CEO. You might've seen this guy on LinkedIn. His name is Braden. 
I don't know how to say his last name, Wallach, Wallachy, W-A-L-L-A-K-E. Anyway, one week ago, and if you're listening to this podcast and if you have a LinkedIn account or if you're online, you have to have seen this. The story went pretty viral, but he, he um, tweets out a picture of himself crying at his desk, looking into the camera with like watery, like red eyes, kind of like watery droplets under one eye. And he has his finger on his lip and he has like a quivery looking chin. Dude looks like he's, his puppy just died. And um, here's the note that goes along with it. Are you okay if I read this out? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> now, listen to the words, make your own judgment, and we're going to look at this through the lens of, again, reputation management, PR, and all that. This will be the most vulnerable thing I've, I'll ever share. I've gone back and forth whether to post this or not. We just had to lay off a few of our employees. I've seen a lot of layoffs over the f- past few weeks, weeks on LinkedIn. Most of those are due to the economy or whatever other reason. Ours? My fault. I made a decision in February and stuck with that decision for far too long. Now, I know my team will say that we made this decision together, but I lead us into it. And because of those failings, I had to do today the toughest thing I've ever had to do. We've always been a people-first business, and we always will be. Days like today, I wish I was a business owner that was only money-driven and didn't care about who he hurt along the way, but I'm not. So I just want people to see that not every CEO out there is cold-hearted and doesn't care when he or she has to lay people off. I'm sure there are hundreds and thousands of others like me, the ones you don't see talked about, because they didn't lay off 50 or 500 or 5,000 employees. They laid off one or two or three. One or two or three that would still be here if better decisions had been made. I know it isn't professional to tell my employees that I love them, but from the bottom of my heart, I hope they know how much I do. Every single one, every single story, every single thing that makes them smile. Sorry, I'm just throwing up in my mouth a little bit. (laughs) Every single thing that makes them smile and every single thing that makes them cry. Their families, their friends, their hobbies. I've always... I've always hired people based on who they are as people, people with great hearts and great souls. And I can't think of a lower moment than this. And then there's his full frontal selfie crying thing. And as of right now, 56,462 responses. And they, they run the gamut from hearts, likes, thumbs up, thumbs down. The, the, most, um, the highest comment under it right now is from a guy named Peter Foster, whose comment is four words, that this post is pathetic. Um, <laughs> 10,489 comments and uh, 1,078 shares. So, you know, viral. Okay, um, let's, of course... Let's not lose sight of the fact that a couple of people lost their jobs here. That's never pleasant. It's always a hardship for them and their families. And so we'll kind of put that aside right now. But from a leadership, social media, communication standpoint, um, let, let her rip. What do you think of well, this? You, you go first. What did you, you, what did you think of this? I, I, I agree with Peter Foster. <laughs> but go ahead. Okay. I'm trying. I want to... I. I I'm trying to keep this as a kind of a family show, but like I, I saw a post today that made me think of this guy and it's some, it, it was a guy, someone tweeted out a picture. It's just a cartoon and it says LinkedIn in a picture and it has this big cartoonish picture of an elephant. And if you can picture this, his trunk is going under around him and he's for lack of a better word, the elephant is filleting himself and it basically says <laughs> LinkedIn in a picture. And so that's what this puts me in mind of. Um, <laughs> the the number of 
and you know, I don't, I don't know this guy. I've no, all I can comment on is this, is this content, but like the number of instances of the word I in this post is at least a dozen. And, and to me, that's a, that's kind of a red flag. If it, if it's so much about your employees and you love them like a family, which is again, another red flag. And, uh, and, and I think like what happened recently, like Shopify let go a thousand employees and Toby Lukey, the CEO said um, they had their earnings coming out right around then as well. And he basically said, look, we made a strategic decision. I got that wrong. This is on me. And that was the end of it. Didn't picture himself crying on the internet or anything. And I think this guy was trying to do his version of that. And it's written in that broetry. You've heard that word broetry. Yeah. And it's so like, it's a line in a space and a line in a space and a line in a space. And it's like a kind of like a weird poem. And um, all of these things make, make me feel like this is not about your employees. It's, and, and let's keep in mind, the guy's the CEO of a company called Hypersphere, and their job is to create viral shit for their clients. Like, they specialize in LinkedIn. And so um, not only has he kept this post up, but he's taken, a, you know, a lot of people have said congratulations. They think this is great. Vulnerability, good for you, leadership. A lot of other people were like, uh, what was that guy's name again? Peter Foster. <laughs> I can't believe, yeah, Peter Foster. And shout out to Peter Foster. A lot of people are saying, like, this post is pathetic. So you're getting some people thinking it's great, some people thinking it's not. And before we were, while we were waiting to get on, on the air today, I went and I was looking at some of the comments, and this this guy, Braden, is going in, and he's kind of having fights with people underneath in the comments. Like, someone will say something about and he's like these snipey, snarky little remarks. So he's 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 kind of enjoying this. And then he, um, he uh, well, I'm going to stop talking a bit. I'd like to get your reaction on this. So, well, like I said, I, it, it, it was pathetic. I think it's clear he didn't, what he saw here was an opportunity to shine the spotlight out of himself because um, that's what he did. Like you said, it's all about I, I, I. He's got a big picture of himself. Like, I don't know about you, but, and maybe it's just because I'm 50, whatever, and can't take a selfie. <laughs> but how many times do you have to take a picture a selfie to make <laughs> to get one that actually looks half decent. Yeah. And he's got this, you know, very, you know, teary, weepy picture of himself. It sends all the wrong messages for all. And he was firing two people, right? Is yeah. my understanding. It wasn't like it was uh, massive layoffs and that's not to diminish it. Laying anyone off is difficult. Yeah. But the, um, the, uh, the fact that he saw this as the opportunity to talk about himself and make the spotlight on himself speaks a lot about the individual and, and who knows, maybe he comes from the, the old school that, you know, all, uh, all PR is good. <laughs> and he feels like, you know, just by getting himself uh, attention this way, it's a positive in some way, but it's not, I just think it looks, it, it, it diminishes him as a CEO for sure. I'm sure the rest of the, his employees can't be looking at that and thinking, Oh, there's a leader I want to follow. Uh, and he put another one out a couple days ago. Um, I'm not going to go through it all, but like it's the same thing. Line, space, line, like the broetry format. And he's kind of doubling down on it. Time to answer the question everyone's been asking. Why did I make that original post with a picture of me crying? Did I want pity? Am I a narcissist? Am I a super genius who knew it would go viral? No. It was this right here. What the media and all the people who think they know everything about me don't see. My inbox. See, while I was sitting at my desk crying, dot, dot, dot. And it, it goes on, but he's like, I don't know. This, this gives me the willies. Like, I, it, it's, it's, um, 
I would like to kind of sanitize my LinkedIn feed from, from, from stuff like this. And, um, I don't know, it, it, it seems a little like not to compare again, but if, if, if Shopify can get rid of a thousand employees with a paragraph or, or a line and this guy's, you know, 600 word treaties for, for two, it just seems a little, a little over the it's, top. It's just, not how a serious company and a serious CEO conducts themselves in these kinds of situations. That doesn't mean you have to be, you know, completely boring and, and, uh, um, sterile, but, um, this is, this is not the way you, you do this. And to your point, and I don't even know if there's any way to, to prove this, but I am, I am almost a hundred percent certain that there's no way this picture was taken once. I don't like if this guy, if this guy could prove that there was only one photo taken and there's no in the cloud, no other versions. Like I would, I would donate a thousand dollars to his favorite charity. If he could prove that this, he took one picture and that was it. Cause like you, I got mm. a face. I wish I had a 10 foot arm to take selfies. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why they invented the selfie stick guy who looks like me. Just get this thing further away. please. <laughs> oh my God. So I think we've beaten up on that guy enough, but like, again, no one lost their lives. It's not, it's not life or death. Um, so a couple people lost their jobs and apparently one of those guys has, his inbox has been flooded with, uh, with, with, uh, with job offers. So maybe there was a little bit of a silver lining here, but man, this is not the kind of thing that I would ever want to touch my face to. Agreed. <clears throat> okay. All right. Let's oh. move to the topic that's, that's gripped. Yes. Drum roll, the, please. <laughs> the elite of sound, Canada. <laughs> do we have a sound effect for a drum roll? <laughs> Okay, this is uh, Lisa Laflamme, and I know that this story has been going on for, I think, five days now. I think this story broke on Monday. And this, if, if you're outside Canada, you might not be familiar with this name, but um, there are a couple broadcast uh, networks in, in Canada. CBC is the big publicly funded one. CTV, I think, has the, the most highly rated or the most high profile nightly news right now. And so Lisa Laflamme has been the anchor of that newscast for I think the past like decade or so. She's been a, a journalist for more than 35 years. I, I don't personally know her. Do you know her at all? I don't. Everyone I talk to who knows her or has met her has nothing but complimentary things to say. Um, hardworking, nose to the grindstone, honest reporter, tries to get it right, helping people, coming up in the industry, very generous with her time. Anyway, she was very uh, unceremoniously sacked by the network this week. And um, unlike, you know, you, you think of Canadian anchors like Peter Mansbridge at the CBC, Lloyd Robertson, who worked until he was 77 uh, with CTV, the same, and, and Lisa Laflamme took over after, after, uh, after Lloyd. They had these long and winding goodbye tours, and it was this kind of a buildup and a respect. None of that was, was done here. And I think, you know, we, we talk a lot of times, it's not the thing that happens to the company. It's the it's how the company handles it, and I think that's exactly what the case is here. There's it's probably not the crime; it's the cover up. Yeah, there's probably <laughs> a lot better way to do this. So we're gonna start. Um, if you're one of the 4.4 million people who's already seen Lisa Laflamme's video, you can skip ahead two minutes and 15 seconds. But we're gonna play her um, her statement. She and she's not a really active Twitter person, but um, typically you would do this on the news. But she did it through her Twitter feed, and so. You have this this um, this woman sitting. It looks like she's in a cottage kind of environment, very kind of low tech with an iPhone or whatever. And here is her her uh, video, and the four word tweet is just "I have some news." Dot dot dot. 
Hello, everyone. Today, with a range of emotions, I'm sharing with you some information about me and my career with CTV News. For 35 years, I have had the privilege of being welcomed into your homes to deliver the news on a nightly basis, so I felt you should hear this directly from me. On June 29th, I was informed that Bell Media made a, quote, business decision to end my contract, bringing to a sudden close my long career with CTV News. I was blindsided and am still shocked and saddened by Bell Media's decision. I was also asked to keep this confidential from my colleagues and the public until the specifics of my exit could be resolved. That has now happened, and, and I want you to know what these last 35 years have meant to me. Everything. Reporting on the darkest days of war from Iraq, Afghanistan, and this year Ukraine, to covering natural disasters, this pandemic, federal elections, amazing Olympic moments, and so many other consequential events, including this summer's papal apology to residential school survivors. I need you to know that this is a trust I have never taken for granted as a reporter and as an anchor. I am forever grateful to you, such loyal viewers, for sharing in the belief that news delivered with integrity and truth strengthens our democracy. At 58, I, I still thought I'd have a lot more time to tell more of the stories that impact our daily lives. Instead, I leave CTV humbled by the people who put their faith in me to tell their story. I, I guess this is my sign-off from CTV, so I want to express my deepest gratitude to all of you, to my incredible colleagues for their unwavering support, my dear friends and my loving family. While it is crushing to be leaving CTV National News in a manner that is not my choice, please know reporting to you has truly been the greatest honor of my life and I thank you for always being there. And that's your statement. So what do you think of that? Very dignified. 4.4 4. Uh, 4. Like, million views, um, 17,000 comments, 83,000 likes, and 15, almost 16,000 retweets. So dignified is the perfect word. Um, how would you compare her? And we'll, we'll, we'll jump into all the speculation and, and everything else. Because this, ideally, you want this to be a one-day news story if you're the network. Um, or you do one of the kind of, if you're not going to treat it with respect and have that kind of winding goodbye tour, you want to make it as, as, um, swift and as quiet as possible. Um, that obviously didn't happen here. They're still in the midst of this. I don't think it's even, it seems to be as, as, as controversial and stirring up as much BS today as it was four or five days ago. Unless, am I reading that? I think it's getting worse. Really, like, as we were sitting down to to record this, I was the one of the first links I I pulled up was a four hundred word article in the Guardian in the UK, wow. uh, talking about the rationale for her termination being that she decided to go go gray. So here's an example of you know a situation where the, the they've completely lost control of the issue. It's getting worse. It's metastasizing. And, and then the last thing I saw was that um, Bell was, which, what you would typically do in the situation is, oh, we announce a process um, to try and um, bring back some order back to the situation and get control over it. And so this process is some sort of review that's going to happen. The reality is, is that um, I don't know what the reasons were that they decided to part ways with <clears throat> Lisa Laflamme. 
sometimes you make decisions to to uh, to change course and you radically overhaul things. And that's the private businesses; they're entitled to do that if they want. But the the problem is, is that because they used, um, they were really they were had no transparency into into why they were doing this. They relied on euphemisms like a business decision, mm-hmm. which could be anything to to mask what actually is under underlying it. And and even if it was a business decision, the fact that they're not being transparent lets everyone speculate and and you know, um, conspiracy runs wild with what was actually behind this. Yeah. Um. And 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 then in the face of to your point, Warren, you know, all the male anchors get to have long careers and retire with fanfare and the female anchor gets career cut short mm-hmm. and, and then they, they proceed to replace her with a male anchor. So it has all the hallmarks of a really difficult issue to manage and it just not really thought through very well. I don't know, like if you, when you start digging into the, the, the tactical, execution here what was your what was your reaction to how they were trying to to manage this issue it's hard to say what the motivation was like and and you bring up a good point right why was her contract ended apparently she she had two years left on her contract now some people would say maybe it's the the uh, the dissolution of the media The, the viewership numbers are lower maybe we're having less advertising revenue maybe that's part of it they didn't mention that and the company, you know, for anyone who follows Canada Land, um, they uh, leaked, someone leaked from the company, they leaked the script or the the sort of um, the comments from a town hall that Bell Media had with its employees. Because as this situation is, is continuing, the employees, they're just stirring up all this angst and people are upset and they're afraid for their jobs. Apparently the morale at that place just sucks right now. And so this executive, Michael Melling, who apparently is one of the people who made this decision, they haven't said anything publicly about what the reason was. And to your point, when you don't tell your own story, you leave that vacuum that you leave opens up the room for uh, for rumor and speculation. And so one of the comments from him leading off this town hall meeting, and if you go to CanadaLand.com, you can see the the commentary for yourself. But he says, I know the team is hurting right now, and I'm sorry for that. I'm also not going to speak publicly or in the media about this, which for me personally is very tough. So I think we're open to taking whatever questions are asked. That's how he leads it off. And I'm like, well, why aren't you, or why isn't someone going to speak in the media about this? Like it's bell media. Like, and the same thing we saw with Rogers a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, like these communications companies, they, they have communications in their titles. They have media in their title. And like, they're just letting, they're, they're talking about false narratives and and uh, inaccurate information well correct it get the record out there because everything that i've seen that's come out of there and they've tried you know setting the record straight with this tweet it's just gobbledygook bullshit high level corporate spinning in circles nonsense like they're not actually saying anything they want to pretend that they are and you know you and i were chatting about this before we hit record the town hall transcript is is a is a case study in in just saying nothing they're, they're, they're trying to look transparent and they're saying, you know, the door is open. We want to take any questions. And then every question they get asked, they don't answer, which is, is, uh, infuriating for, for even an outsider. I can't even imagine what it's like for the employees there. What, what do you, what's your take on the whole situation? Like we talked about, like, you know, for anyone who doesn't see the video or hasn't seen it, um, Lisa Laflamme historically had brown hair and during the pandemic, you know, a lot of us, like my hair looked bananas during the pandemic. She said she was going to 
let her hair grow out gray and it looked very distinguished and dignified. She looked, I thought she looked great with this, this gray hair. And, um, that's something that a lot of, um, women have done throughout the pandemic. And it was, it was, there was an article in the Globe and Mail, I think yesterday by Robin Doolittle that said that this Michael Melling guy, I'm going to pull this up just to make sure I get this correct. Um, the title of the story is Lisa Laflamme going gray questioned by CTV executive says senior company official. And the first line of the story is shortly after Michael Melling became head of CTV news, he raised questions about host Lisa Laflamme's hair. According to a senior CTV official who was present at the meeting, Mr. Melling asked who had approved the decision to, quote, let Lisa's hair go gray. The issue of Ms. Laflamme's hair color came up again on set one day when he noted that it was taking on a purple hue in the studio lighting. So who knows if this is the reason? Um, It just, it seems odd. Like, Peter Mansbridge didn't have any hair. (laughs) Lloyd yeah. Robertson, the guy was eight. Like he had, we're not talking about beauty contest winners here, right? And uh, and and so the double standard. And people are throwing around words like ageism, sexism, misogyny. Who knows? But the fact that we're having this discussion, and the fact that the public is so just irritated by this, and the employees are so in in such a state of angst, would indicate that this was a very poorly handled uh, transition. Hundred percent. And the thing that struck me most when I was reading that transcript of the employee meeting, you know, to your point, the 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 the, um, the two people, the senior people who are answering questions from employees, are saying nothing in response. Like it's just you know, blather jargon, like meaning, meaningless platitudes. But do, like, don't they realize they're actually their employees are actually journalists, and the journalists <laughs> ask questions for a living, and yeah. you know they're, they're gonna they're gonna know that what you're saying is is uh, is just nonsense. And it when you read what they actually said, it, it to me it looks like like no one prepared for do anything. You, do you have it up on the screen? Do you have it there? I, I I don't, but I can pull it up. Yeah, pull it up and then like let's read some of our favorite little. Uh, I'll start so you can get some time to get it on the screen. But we'll read some of our favorite little exchanges. It's not that long, and they basically, you know, a, a town hall is what you do when you know stuff like you have this smoldering tire fire and you're trying to to deal with it. And so ultimately, you want to go there, answer questions, be frank, be. Now they probably had to know that it was going to get leaked because obviously somebody internally is leaking all the stuff, which again is not something you would do if you're working on a team where there's a lot of trust. But um, here's a question So, from the staff. Um, what's the vision for CTV National News going forward? And what made you believe a change in chief anchor was necessary to implement it? So it's a pretty basic question. What's our strategy going forward? And this is uh, Karen Moses or Karen. I'm not sure how you pronounce her first name. The vision is clear. We're going to share it with you guys. We will engage you. But in terms of changing the anchor, sometimes you look at it honestly. There's a couple things you want to change. And unfortunately, that was one of the things that we felt we needed to move on. So, like, the vision is clear. We're going to share it with you, but not today. We're going to engage you. And, like, when I'm reading this, I can't, like, it sounds like Donald Trump. It sounds like stuff that Donald Trump would say, you know? The vision is, is clear. This is, like, literally, we're on the airplane, we're flying, and I <laughs> I come out of the cockpit and I say, look, I've just shot the pilot, and I've got a plan for landing the plane. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what it is eventually, but for now, I just want to let you know that we had to make a change and, and you know, we're going to move on. We've moved on that. Oh my Next God. question. <laughs> like, seriously, I don't know. Like, 
How about you? Do you, do you have a, a section you want to read? So, so, um, uh, this is the, the, the same person's being pressed a question. So it had nothing to do with her age or gender. Uh, not at all. Seriously. I'm a woman. I'm a woman. I've been here for 25 years. And do you really think I would fire a woman because she's a woman? So she was fired. That's not what I'm saying, but you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, you, you just said it. You just said like, it. There's no preparation involved here. It's just, we're just freewheeling, freelancing. And, and you know, this is why this is going now going to escalate into a bigger deal for the whole company. And they're going to have to bring another layer of this whole process they put in place. But, you know, it just, um, you would think in a large corporation like this, they're, if you had to make a controversial change, there would be the appropriate level of like planning and oversight. And clearly that's, that's not what this, this, this group um, is doing. Um, I think there's another, another point here. Um, quote morale. This is the question. Morale in the newsroom has been horrible for months. We've been bleeding staff at news channel. I can name at least a dozen people who have left. If this company that is so keen on promoting mental health why is it that no one is checking in on the mental health of its own staff? Mm, and the answer burn, burn. There, there are a couple of things we need to look at. Where do we need to have more people? How do we rebalance work? This is all part of the planning, planning division. So something will address that concern for sure, because we know there are some areas of the business that are bleeding. Mm. So we need to address that. Yeah, so this is, this is, this is, you know, like no reassurance, no facts, no substance whatsoever. I'm going to also repeat the fact that we're bleeding <laughs> for, for good measure. And if I'm an employee and I'm listening to that, how can I have any confidence in, in, in the leadership team? And I, I kind of feel bad for the guy who's taking over also Omar. Um, mm-hmm. They've announced him and, 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 you know, you, you, you always, these things happen and you look at them through the rear, rear view mirror and it looked like such a, such a gaffe, but as she announces, as Lisa Laflamme announces on her private social media that she's leaving, and that's her kind of official goodbye, um, the the new guy announced, hey, guys, what's going on? I'm so excited to be here. And people are like, woo, read the room, buddy. Like, it's just too soon, not right. And and this is, it's not a company that does not have resources. It's not a company that doesn't have, like, I would assume they're smart people kind of hopefully running this place. So I'll ask you this, you know, it, it's easy to be the two grumpy Muppets here, but let's say they call you up today, Bell Media. I don't think they're going to, after this, neither, they're not calling either one of us, but um, let's say they call you up and they say, John, um, shit show this week. We want you to come in. We'll chat over the weekend. Monday morning, we want to we set this right. What do you advise them to do? I guess, I guess the question is, is this whole episode a thing on its own you can manage or is it symptomatic of a bigger challenge the company has? Uh, and <clears throat> I don't know the answer to that question. I have a feeling it may be symptomatic of a bigger challenge the company has. And so, you know, as a communications professional, I look at it and say, can I manage this thing as a standalone issue or <clears throat> is managing it, impossible like is it is it impossible to hold the line here the center is not holding and so we need to find a, a better line of uh defense further further up and so my instinct is that it probably you probably need to 
to to bring that line back a little bit and broaden the scope of this a bit. And maybe that's what they're trying to do with this review. They've start they've um they've announced it's going to happen of the news division. Because um uh I feel like um that's that that that's the first step that's got to happen. The question is, is how serious is the company really at making change? Um like we've talked about a lot of, you know, questionable decisions and questionable, you know, actions they've taken, um, in, in light of deciding to, to move away from Lisa Laflamme, they have to be serious about actually wanting to make change in order to, to, um, to remedy this. And so as you think about that bigger process, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be fully committed to, to it so that you can demonstrate I'm going to take a new path after this. Otherwise it's just, it's just saying a bunch of words that and they're going to leave you in the same, same place afterwards. Mm-hmm. If, okay. I'm going to turn the tables. You, you're thrown in the, into the, into the grist, <laughs> mm-hmm. into the mill tomorrow. What, um, what do you, what do you recommend here? Mm. Short of a time machine. That would be helpful if they could get in their little magic time machine and go back to last week or a couple months. Cause apparently this has been going, they let her know in June and then they mm-hmm. sort of muzzled her and they, she basically said she implied in her video that this is my goodbye because I was not allowed to say goodbye on the air. Then they came out in there setting the record straight thing and said, no, 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 we gave her an opportunity. But I think it was one of those situations where like you're the hostage and you have to read the note exactly how they kind of <laughs> write it out yeah. for you. I think that was, and she's like, F that I'm, I'm out of here. I, I don't know that, but I think, I think that's my read of what took place. So if they called me up and we were, we were chatting about this, I would, I would want to, I, I would say like, look, we need to stop talking like, um, like a thesaurus smoking drugs. And we need to start just talking to people like human beings. There needs to be an apology. The, the inability for, people at companies like this to say they're sorry or to say they were wrong. It is such a damaging, such a damn damaging instinct. I think if they had, if they came out even this afternoon and just said, look, we, we got this wrong. Someone said, you know, it's pick an executive. I take responsibility for this. My bad. Kind of like Toby from Shopify. Like this is on me. That would relieve, I think 50% of this pressure. The rest of it, I think, there, there's some damage here that I think is probably irreparable. I, I, I believe t- time will prove this one way or another, but I believe that their viewership numbers have taken a huge hit this week. I know people who are deleting their bell apps who are um, unsubscribing from crave. Like there's all these companies and, and entities that are all kind of tied together. Um, whether that's true or not, or whether it's going to have a material impact on the company, I have no idea, but like stop running it as Oh, there's a really good comment, actually. There was a guy that, because, you know, I had asked people for comments, and this guy wrote one. I think this actually answers it really well. There's a guy named Matt Maruka. He's a lawyer and a communicator. I don't know him, but I know him through LinkedIn. And he said, uh, looking forward to the episode, what I see with Bell is that they clearly spent time negotiating her exit, and that process was likely dominated by their lawyers and financial decision makers. I don't see any evidence that their lawyers and communicators were even on the same planet, let alone the same page. They treated this like a transaction instead of like a relationship. As a result, no one considered how to properly roll out this news and how to treat Ms. Laflamme with the respect that she deserves. And I think that's um, 
he put it better than I could. So as well said, uh, yeah. Treat yeah. people like human beings. This is a guy we should probably have on the podcast too, because to have someone who's a, a lawyer and a communicator, that's pretty pretty rare to have, or to be good at both of those anyway. That's a good point. Do you think there's going to be a lawsuit here? Do you think she has grounds for a lawsuit? I know we're we're getting into crystal ball territory here, but like when you start talking about, uh, you know, fifty eight hair that's gray, this and that, female. Um, I'm no I'm no lawyer, but like I think. And I don't know if she even wants to get into that, but I don't know. Like, would you? Would it you depends be, on what so, kind of severance she got from the uh, contract negotiation. I don't know. Like, I, I, if I were her, I would just want to. Like, she's got a tremendous amount of goodwill. Yeah, I'm not sure what her career aspirations are, given that she's had a really full career as um as a as a journalist. But she's also a young person still at 58 and has lots left to contribute. So I wouldn't be shocked if. Uh, if she turns up, uses this to turn up somewhere, somewhere else as a, uh, as a real uh, bright spot. Isn't it funny that we're at the age now where we were just called 58 young. Uh, <laughs> didn't uh, that point wasn't lost on me. Oh my God. But you know, you talk about having a full career. She could easily work another 20 years, 10, sure. 15 at least. So yeah. where do you think, you know, where do you think she ends up again, just to make, just to throw it out there. I have some some ideas, but like what, what like there's not a lot of places to go. The CBC just appointed Adrian Arsenault as the um, the anchor for the national. Like where where do you go? Global? I don't know. Or do you go to the states? Uh, I don't know if I was. Uh, I, I, Rogers could use a <laughs> could use a, a you know a bright spot. Um, I, no, they don't really have a property that would be appropriate for her, probably, but. Um, or, or maybe there's, you know, maybe there's like a new venture she wants to get in front of. Like, look at, look at that uh, company Axios, right? Uh, it's a news organization in the U.S. It started not that long ago. I'm going to say less than 10 years ago. We just sold for $500 million to to Cox Communications. There's, there's probably, as we see the media landscape fragment even more with more, you know, uh, subscription platforms and individual little silos of information that people want to consume develop. Maybe there's something like that that she gets involved in. I have an idea that no, I'm sure she's never going to hear this, but like I, I just given all the different things that are going on in society right now and technology and what's going on with the media. And I don't know, maybe she just wants to go and hang out at her cottage and just chill. Maybe that's what her plan is. But like, I think, with if you look at all the different things taking place, there's an opportunity for someone like her to start because she has this amazing brand and she has all these eyeballs on her and all this attention and this love from 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 Canadians. I think she could spin this into a Lisa Laflamme media company. She becomes her own company for sure. And whatever you want to do with that, but I think one element of it could be like a podcast, Substack, whatever. Where you know, how many people would would log in to just listen to her break down the news of the day? forget forget the network they just do it on their phone or on twitter or whatever she could monetize that if she chose to but the 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 big one for me is for her to to be a role model for other women who have been um subjugated underpaid abused kicked around mistreated had their careers squashed in a more silent way like she's this really high profile example of the mistreatment of women, if that's the case, right? That, that's how it looks anyway. Mm-hmm. But you and I both know a bunch of people of the female persuasion who have had unfair treatment, but you never hear about it because they're kind of 
they're anonymous and they work in a cubicle and they don't want to make a big fuss. We know um, lawyers, females who were promised partnership and gave their blood and their nights and their days and years to these companies put off having kids and then we're just kind of like tossed aside as, as an afterthought. And so I think not to get too preachy, but I think that there's an opportunity for, for her to start some kind of organization that, that, that these women can rally around and leadership conferences, um, all sorts of, um, mechanisms for them to, uh, cause you know, you've got a daughter, I've got two. That's the kind of thing that I would like them to kind of get involved with. I would not be surprised if you see some kind of company that she's the head of the figurehead and she uses that goodwill and catapults it into helping others. That's, that would be my prediction. Like I hope that someday we get to take this clip and play it again, because I think that she could do a lot of good. And then you make yourself unfireable too. If you're your own boss, no one can say that, uh, that you're done. Cause I don't think I, I, you know, I'd like to think she won't put herself in a position again where she can get canned by someone who is, uh, um, this anonymous executive who has uh, less goodwill than she does. That's, that's my thought. Well, well, well put Lauren. Eh, I don't know. Any other thoughts about this or have we beaten this one to death as well now? Well, I, I don't think we beat it to death, but I think, uh, it'll be, <laughs> let's come back to this next episode because I think there's going to be another chapter here still to come. And, you know, you think of all the media people, like if you could put a list together of all the, the, the very high profile, really great media people that we've lost, not, not to oh, death, God, but yeah. like just layoffs. Uh, like I think of, you know, even Bob McCowan, the guy from fan five ninety. Do you ever listen to him on yeah, primetime yeah. sports? And so he, I don't know if you're aware, but he has a huge podcast now. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of this? And so he got canned from Rogers and this is a couple of years ago now. And, um, apparently he's a pretty grumpy guy. Like any, anyone who knows him says he's pretty crotchety. You're nodding your head. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I actually, I spoke to him on the phone when we were doing the Pat Burns thing back in 2010. He seemed very nice, ah. but, um, I sent him a direct message on Twitter and I basically said, Hey, you know, really sorry to hear about your firing. You should start a podcast. You could get enough of an audience that you could monetize it and probably make more money than you're making now. And he sent me, <laughs> he responded to me. He's like, ah, blah, 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 whatever. He's just a grumpy thing. And then like <laughs> four or five months later, he had one and he's got millions of listeners now. And I don't know what his, what his financials look like, but I'll bet you he's making as much or if not, maybe more than he was before. That's great. That's a great story. Yeah, I'm and sure unfireable and unfireable yeah. now. Yeah. You know? And so I think that to me is the future. Take your audience and, and grow it, cultivate it, monetize it, and then say F you to your corporate overlords and make yourself unfireable. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. And so we'll have to do some homework on the hockey stuff. Cause like there's probably enough for an episode or two in there. I, I want to, I'm going to pull together a bit of a, a sort of a few of the milestones that I want to maybe have us look at because, um, that's another one. The cha- like the final chapter isn't written, and um, and I think like not that, not that. Um, well, anyway, let's leave it for the, the for the discussion. Yeah. I think it'd be a good. It'd be a good investigation. All right, man. Thank you to our listeners uh, for for tuning in. And if there are any stories you want us to hit on, because there's probably a ton of stuff we're missing. If there's anything you want to uh, to let us know about, let us know on social media. If you have an idea for a guest, someone in the PR communications crisis management world you'd like us to have on, you know, we've had Grant Ainsley, Molly McPherson, some other folks, um, just send those ideas in and we'll be happy to incorporate them. Anyway, thank you very much, Um, John, all the best to you. Hope you have a great weekend and uh, hopefully we can do this again next week. You too, Warren. Take care. 
thanks for stopping by. If you liked this episode, please rate, review or recommend the show. See you next time.